Hey guys and welcome to the first episode of 2021. Um, I'm super stoked to be here. It's been some time now. Um, I've had a great December holiday. We've had a hell of a lot of rain, so things are really looking up. Um, very special episode to kick off 2021. I've joined a very good friend of mine, actually become a family member now, um, Patrick Dugan. Uh, we've been on an 18-day safari it's been absolutely incredible. Some of the most unforgettable moments I've, I've had uh, since I became a PH. Um, I feel very privileged to have done what we've done uh, this past week. Um, before we get going, just got to give a big shout out to Splitting Image Taxidermy, Tacticam, Trees in Camo, and Maxis Tires. A very big thank you to everyone that supported me thus far. And um, yeah, sit back, relax, and enjoy. We'll catch up with you guys soon. Pat, welcome back on the show. Good to have you here, my friend. Thank you. Uh, it's been, a uh, what, two years now since we last chat? year and a half. Year and a half. It's good to have you back, and you've come over in a very special time of the year. And uh, but before we get into it, uh, just introduce yourself again to those of you that haven't know our history and how far we've come. Okay. Well, I'm Patrick Dugan I'm from Arizona. Um, I met uh, Greg with Hunters Hill at SCI in Vegas. Oh, it's got to be about five years ago now. Mm -hmm. um, obviously. I believe I met you at the same time. Yeah. Um, and we didn't book until the next year. So we've been coming for four years. This is our fourth year now. Um, luckily, we just made it in 2020, just by a day or two. So we can we can call it four years in a row. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, Petman, um, we know you guys have had quite a few issues coming out here. Uh, for those of you, for those of the guys that want to come out and they want to come and experience how beautiful it's been now since we've got all our rain and stuff, but what were some of the challenges? Obviously, getting through all the borders and stuff as flights with this whole COVID thing that's going along. What what were some of the challenges that you could help the guys uh, that are looking to come out with? Well, I, I would just strongly suggest that first and foremost, find out where you're flying through. Uh, right now, I don't believe any straight through flights from America to Johannesburg are taking place until I believe it's April 1st. So if you're coming anytime before that, you're going to connect through somewhere in Europe. Okay. So if it's Amsterdam, I can tell you right now, Amsterdam, your COVID test must be good 72 hours upon arrival, not departure from the U.S. And remember, you're traveling basically into the future. Yeah, yeah. And they don't they don't take that into consideration, so it's very important. Otherwise, you could we, we were in Detroit and and they were they were counting the the, the minutes from our test to okay. to see if we could. But get it's seventy two hours before you land in Amsterdam or, or Johannesburg. In in Amsterdam, that was Amsterdam's rule. Oh really? Yeah. Coming to Johannesburg, it just had to be seventy two hours prior to the trip itself for, okay. from first flight. But Amsterdam had to be within 72 hours upon arrival, so it makes it much, much more difficult. Um, and you and you also have to really make sure that you're reading up and, and check with your airlines mm. because 
we showed up with a rapid test, which was acceptable here in South yeah. Africa, and Delta Airlines said, no, no, mm-hmm. no, you're going to take a PCR test. So the, the Saturday that we were supposed to fly out, we ended up having to travel back to the home, which were two hours from the airport, mm-hmm. sit down, rebook all the flights, get COVID tests, and then pray that the COVID test came back in time, because obviously in America right now, it's blowing up, and yeah. everybody... They're not just testing, but everybody's testing every other day. Yeah. Um, and I think we took, I think we took seven tests in ten days, and I still don't have two results Are you from serious? those tests. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The very first PCR test I ever took, I never did get the results from it. Yes. That's crazy because yeah, Ash, Ash was telling me you guys were driving all around, not not just even Prescott, just all over the show. Oh yeah, we, yeah, we, we drove a hundred and. About 120 miles out of our way to get a test. Just and and luckily that was the test that came back. Yeah, and it allowed us to take the flight. The other ones that we took in our hometown, they didn't come back. Okay. So, but Pat, you mentioned um, that there's no direct flights into Johannesburg or Cape Town. That's just Delta, right? SAA. I think we done with you guys in America now. We don't fly. No, no. Um, there's supposed to be. Uh, I got to think about this. I, I believe it's. I think it's Continental. Maybe the Continental's not exist anymore. Maybe it's United. Okay. They're going to start flying back, I guess, out of uh, Atlanta. Okay. To um, Johannesburg as of April 1st. And I only heard that through um, a couple of the other gentlemen that have hunted okay. here before that I keep in contact over there with. Okay. And it's just almost in time because now Greg, I think Greg mentioned to us last night that Flysafe will be able to bring rifles in. So that's sort of... Oh, limits the help. hassle, yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't even bring my guns this time because part of the problem that we had was is I was going to have to fill out a, a separate permit for Delta, a separate okay. permit for KLM uh, just to be on their flights. And then I also had to apply for a permit in Amsterdam to allow that gun to travel through Amsterdam. Oh, so, shit. you know, obviously, you know me, I like to bring my guns yeah, and... Yeah. and just having bought a, a brand new double rifle, yeah, I would have loved to have brought it. Yeah. But, you know, going through all that paperwork, paperwork and yeah. not knowing what was going to happen, it was just easier to to wait. And and obviously, I mean, you guys handle your weapons very well. I yeah. mean, they they were spot on. Um, I wasn't so much this time, but <laughs> no, <man. laughs> a few missed shots, but <laughs> but um. But yeah, before we get into the safari and all that sort of stuff, since you've been here. A whole bunch of things have been happening in the states, political-wise. So, just for us, especially the South Africans, we don't know too much about your guys' politics. I mean, we follow the news a little bit, but what we see and what's actually happening out there isn't always told in the correct way. But uh, the whole Biden-Trump thing—if well, when Biden takes office—what does this mean for for us as South Africans and and especially our industry yeah, that you know Trump? had a lot to play with and how successful it's become yeah that's a tough question i i i'm at a little bit of a loss myself with this whole thing because um i'm extremely fearful of what biden's going to do he hasn't even taken the oath yet yeah and taken the the office and he's already declared that he was gonna try to abolish the nra which nra is second amendment you know they're, they're the ones that fight so hard for the second amendment um, you take away the Second Amendment, the guns go away, and 
where does hunting go from there? Yeah. You know. Especially you guys. I mean, you guys are probably one of the biggest hunting industries there is in the world at the oh, moment. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, to, to take that away, I mean, it's taking away your guys' pride and joy and, and everything like that. But as far as the financial point, is there any implications as of yet? Or is it hard, still hard to say? It's still really hard to say. Um, no one, no one's going to be able to really see. Obviously, even even with Trump, I think I think we would have stood a better chance economically of recovering from from this COVID under Trump as a businessman. Okay. Than the p- typical politician of just let's just throw money at it. And, yeah. You know, right now, and this is this is kind of a sad fact, but right now in the United States, every man, woman, and child. Now that means every man, woman, and child. Hmm in America with where our debt stands right now owes the US government $165,000. Okay. Now you take you take your children who are under the age of 16, they're not paying taxes. Yeah. How many does that take out? Take out your retired your social your people that are on social securities and things like that. Um, they're not going to be able to pay that money. Mm. And then you take your welfare system who are the people who just don't pay anything period. And that leaves a very small group of people. Yeah. We're stuck paying that bill, and that will suit, that quickly turns into half a million dollars. Yeah, because you reduce all those other people paying that. Yeah, um, it's it's going to become a point where who's going to pay it? Yeah. Um, and right now, our standing with a lot of other countries right now are not are not well because of that debt ratio. Okay. Okay. Oh yes, but scary times ahead. Especially, it's just so crazy for me that the political side of things has such a huge part to play uh, especially in us I mean we, we rely on what happens heavily in the, the political side of things here in the states and it's it's frustrating you know because we can do as much as we like yeah and I mean you, you've seen how beautiful it's looking at the moment so I hope it doesn't scare a lot of the guys from coming out here because you know after last year I mean our industry took a huge knock so we're gonna need as many tourists and and travelers and all that as 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 much as possible for 2021, just to try and recuperate a little bit of what we've we've lost, you know. But in some sense, it's it's been kind of a blessing in disguise because I mean, you've driven around at the moment; it's beautiful and the animals are amazing, and it's really it's something special. So, but what would what would you say to to the guys that are still considering coming out here, but just a little bit nervous? What I would say come. I mean, you know, the beauty about life is um, life is an adventure. You know, you can't you can't put life on hold. Um, nobody, no one knows what's going to happen next year, the year after. You know, um, and uh, you know, I've I've told you this many a times. I'm a I'm a believer in God. When our numbers uh-huh. up, our numbers up. It's time to go. Mm. Don't don't take the chance of having to sit back and and say, well, I'll wait, I'll wait. Because you may not make it to that waiting date. Come. Yeah. Come now. It's, is it difficult? Yeah, it was difficult for me. I think it's going to get a little easier. I don't know what's going to happen with Biden in the 60-day because he, you know, it, while he was doing his campaigning, he wanted to, he said point blank he was going to shut down for 60 days the entire country. What, will he? I don't think he's, really quite honest with you, I don't think he's that dumb enough. I don't think he's dumb enough to shut down the country because he knows it would collapse the country immediately. I mean, you can look around the rest of the world and see everybody who shut down, mm. completely shut down. SA, yeah. in fact, you know, 
how bad did it hurt your country mm-hmm. to completely shut down? Mm-hmm. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can't. People still need to pay their bills. And if nobody's, people don't realize that if you, your taxes are what pays the government and the government pays the bills. Yeah. So if nobody's making money to pay the taxes, then how does the government pay the bills? Yeah. It just incurs more debt and, and that can't happen. But honestly, anybody who's coming, get on a plane, come. Yeah. You know, you might, you might find a few challenges. Luckily, you know, with me, I, I was persistent, um, strong-headed. I, I was going to be here no matter what happened. Yeah. And I, I fought back, and I got on those planes. Um, just do your homework. Don't, don't take it for granted that yeah. this is two years ago. You book a flight, you jump on a plane, and you're out of there. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Know where you're going. Know the rules. And, and call the airlines. Call those airlines and find yeah. out and say, what do I need? Because it simply said that, that, again, that was one of the things that stopped us. You know, we should have been here four days earlier. Yeah. But we looked at SA accepting a rapid test mm-hmm. and Delta said, no, it had to be PCR. So know what your airlines wants. Know what your uh, transition city um, or airport, know what they want. And, and have it in hand. Okay. And then it's going to be much easier. Yeah. I, I would suggest right now, I think uh, bringing your own weapon is probably, it, I don't think it's going to be easy. Yeah. It never is easy to bring them. Um, it's, not, it's not hard. Yeah. It's just there's some, some hurdles you have to cross. And I would say right now, leave your gun at home. Okay. You know, the guns here, they're spot on. Yeah. I mean, you know, at a... At a Spurs notice last night, you know, we're standing around the lodge and, mm. you know, word comes in that there's a buffalo bull that he's not going to make it much yeah. longer. Rather than let him suffer, we go out and we put him down. Yeah. And I, I put a gun in my arms that I'd never had in my arms before and placed three beautiful shots mm. into that buffalo. And, and he made it maybe 15, 20 yards. If that too. Yeah. Mm. And, and, and went down. So, you know, trust the PHs. I'll always, always, always trust your pHs, and you should have done your due diligence before you came here yeah. anyway to know who your who your pH is. We've we've talked about this many many days where we've had you know my very first trip to Africa was a bad trip. Mm. We didn't know enough about yeah. our, our uh, pH. You know now, um, hell, I think I know every pH on the property now, and you know most of you are family to me. Mm. It's not a worry to me. There's a lot of people out there that are worried because it's their first trip. Hmm. Don't worry. Come. Have fun. Enjoy South Africa because it is stunningly beautiful at this moment. Yeah. And I would I would recommend to anybody, get on a plane now and hmm. come because it is, it, it is, I have never seen this in five trips to Africa. I've never seen this hmm. place so pristine, yeah. so full of water, so full of life. It's 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 amazing. Yeah, and I, I you know just to touch on that that do your homework part of things. I think now with without having SCI in Dallas and all that sort of stuff, it's going to be more important now than ever before to try and get hold of your outfit and actually find out your pH beforehand. Make sure that everything all their ducks in a row from that side because you know I think the show has made it more. Um, it made it easier for the clients, more at ease. They were more at ease because they were talking to the outfitter before they came over for the year or whatever the case may be. So jump on social media now and just try and get hold of whoever's may hunt you as far as professional hunting and guiding is concerned because 
there shouldn't be any excuses now from not doing your homework you know what i mean so oh, for sure it's 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 extremely important and yeah it's, it makes it tougher now that the shows and stuff aren't on but social well, media has made it easier i guess in even even with the shows because i like the first the first time i ever did it was with a hunt that i booked through sei and we thought the guy was great you know mm. he, he you're always in every industry you're going to have the car salesman yeah you know <laughs> you're gonna have him um he was the owner of his of his property and his lodge and you know things went bad quickly um i sat down again you know like i said the the first time i ever met greg sat down we talked and again you know and knowing that he was the owner of the company mm. it did it did put me at ease and, and i think you'll find that the majority of the guys who are going to sei dallas fire club those are the owners yeah um I, th I think I truly like, you know, and with the way that I've been treated as a part of the family, as part of this company now, um, I love to go to the shows because there's, there's the, always those people that no matter what you guys say, you're still asking them to travel three quarters of the way around the world to spend a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And I, I love the fact that I'm able to help and, you know, I don't make any money at it. Don't care to make any money at it. Yeah. I don't. I don't want any of that. There's. There's a lot of the. I'll call them leeches that are that are trying yeah. to suck off the back of, of you that are are trying to make a dime mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, being treated as fairly as I've been treated. There's no way that I I could possibly charge, Greg or anybody else. Yeah. I mean, even even Spain safaris. You know, with Luis and, and Pedro, you know, I've, I've helped them mm. just weeks ago, you know, having somebody call me and say, hey, who are these guys? Mm. You know what? And, and that's that's one thing that you should always do, too. No. Talk to your friends. Did yeah. they have a good time? Yeah. And that's the beauty of, I think, with Hunter's Hill being that it's the size that it is. They're able to run a good number of clients through here. Um, and, and that allows for the word of mouth. Mm. Um you know, we, we, you will always have the one client that's, you know, they're, they're, they're just not going to say anything good about yeah. you. Um, I was a business owner. I understand the same thing. I have over 1,200 customers a year. I always get the one that goes on and posts the bad. Mm. Oh, he, he wouldn't call me back or he, you know, he was so expensive or whatever. Yeah. Whatever the case may be, there's always the one who just, you were never going to click with them anyway. Mm. But, there's all those other ones that will be more than happy to recommend you. I, I mean, I pass cards to my, my clients all the time upon their request so that they can tell their friends about me. Yeah, yeah. And that's the same thing with your industry. You know, talk to your friends. You know, if you if you haven't done this, hmm. ask for a reference list. Hmm. You know, t contact your PH, contact your, your outfitter and say, look, you know, I'd really like to, you know, I like the way this is. I just want to hear from a client's perspective. How is this? Yeah, references. Yeah, what can I expect? What mm. should I do? What should I take? You know, and, and one of the things that, I mean, it's still hard for me. Only bring two pair of hunting clothes. Yeah. You know? Mm. That, you know, you're packing for two weeks. You're going, jeez, mm, I'm hunting every day. You yeah. know, you, but that's really the case. Mm. You only, only pack for two sets of hunting clothes. Because mm. even worst case scenario, you might have to double day one if you end up in a place like we did. We're in Uniondale. Yeah new lodge mm. there's no the facilities aren't a hundred percent yet as far as staffing and everything yeah. else and uh it is what it is but 
you know, sometimes when you're hunting, you, you look at some of these hunts in, in America, mm. you'll be in the backwoods for two weeks. Yeah. There's no shower. Mm. So does it really matter? No. But yeah. pack light, you know, bring bring an extra suitcase for all the stuff you can take home. Yeah. You know, there's, you know, the I, I don't know how with COVID this is going to happen with the, the little market by the sea, as I like to call it, yeah. in East London. Will it be there? I don't know. Mm. The, the little curios, you know, always the trinkets and, and obviously you're putting it right back into the people's hands yeah who need that they're making they're making those products give it to them yeah generating uh, income back into the community it's yeah. it's extremely important yeah yeah but um but well let's get into it so your safari started on the first and we managed to get an animal that i don't think many people will be able to come tell us a bit more about well there again, you know, you, you kind of have to pick, you have to pick your, your guides and your, your PHs very well. And I think that I've been very blessed, you know, uh, receiving a phone call, you know, I think it was, must've been about three o'clock, four o'clock your time. Yeah. It was six o'clock my time. I'm literally brushing my teeth and, you know, I get a call. Hey, I, I got an Orby tag for you. Um, I think I'd rather won a $500 million lottery yeah. ticket, but I'll take the Orby. You know, <laughs> that, that was a good, that was such a, a good feeling. I, I just, yeah. I couldn't believe that fact, you know, because when we had first seen them, you know, in 2019 together, yeah. you know, I, I said, I want that. And you said, good luck. Yeah. It's a five or six year wait. Mm -hmm. And as we found out hunting with, with Jeff sure, on that yeah. property, um, you know, it, it's really about an eight or 10 year waiting mm -hmm. list. So blessed, fortunate, whatever you want to call it. Yes. And what a, an amazing hunt, going from straight off the plane, two and a half hour drive, yeah. you know, get to the, the the house where the property is at, unload all the luggage, throw on a hunting shirt, throw on some hunting shoes, and off we go. And again, right right by the beaches and everything mm. in the, the... Scenery was beautiful. The, oh, stunning. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely stunning. And, and I, don't, I, I don't care. Anybody can, they can argue with me till the end of time. I've never seen a more beautiful ocean than the yeah. Indian Ocean on the Eastern Cape. Yeah. And that, just being able to hunt the Orby back there again, overlooking those views, that ocean, the camaraderie, meeting a new a, a new PH yeah. that obviously some people don't realize that, you know, there's certain things that you can't, you can't hunt in mm -hmm. certain areas. You have to go to an outside source. And, yeah. and obviously uh, Jeff... Uh, and I'm sorry, I can't remember Jeff's last name. Jeff but Ford. Jeff Ford, yes. Yeah. Jeff Ford was gracious. Obviously, yeah. he's the one you contacted to get the 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 tag through, and and he he was a a very lovely man. I mean, he mm. he he was interested in and you know who I was, and immediately became friends. Yeah. You know, and wanted to make sure that our trip was started off in a prim and proper. And I think in in true form of the Dugan love relationship mm. here. Uh, I think we were probably just maybe an hour and a half, yeah. two hours. We located a great ram mm. and uh, made a good shot. Yeah, perfect. You know, and and that, you know, I could have been done right there. Yeah, I, that really was, you know, the one thing that, you know, I knew I would probably never get in my lifetime because mm. of that waiting list. Yeah, and knowing that I not only got that tag, but I actually was able to take that animal in such an amazing place with mm -hmm. such a stellar uh, group of guys. Why not? You know, that yeah. could have been done right there and I'd have been happy for the next two weeks. 
but in true love fashion, we we uh, we made it a little better. <laughs> it just got better and but better. But the RV side is also pretty cool because it's it's one of our greatest success stories as far as the Eastern Cape's concerned with that particular animal. I mean, they were they were dwindling numbers, less than a thousand at one stage. But like guys like Jeff, and and that's obviously why the uh, waiting list for the permit is so long is because they carefully monitored and they've, they've brought their numbers up and it's just you know it just goes to show that hunting those animals that a couple of years ago had no value to being one of the most valuable species on well definitely the most valuable in a tiny ten list mm. but definitely on anyone any other outfitters um, price list it's probably one of the most valuable species that, that there is you know it's just an incredible little animal and it's it's great to see and be a part of it now as far as conservation is concerned you know because not a lot of people understand these sort of things you know that the conservation is the 100 percent key you know if there's no value on animal there's yeah. no reason you know most most people in this world have no idea of of the the abundance of animals or the inabundance of animals yeah alone along with the types of animals that are in this world you know some of these people if you if you ask probably 99 percent of the americans you said what is an orby yeah they would have no idea what mm. that animal is and to them you know it's 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 sad you know obviously the the whole thing with the rhino um and the elephants and things like that yes they're you know poachers poachers are taking them out mm. but Let's open that hunting back up. Yeah. Let's open the importations back yeah. up. This thing will turn around. Mm. It will turn around. The lion. The yeah. lion is the big one right now because yeah. of Cecil. Mm. You know, and that, and all because of one one bad pH. Yeah. One you know, knew that that was coming off. And, and, you know, technically, the lion was still taken legally. It mm. came off the reserve. Mm. The animal leaves the reserve. Same thing in the United States. If the animal comes off of a park, he's legal game. You know, I mean, you, that's just how it's going to work. But um, unfortunately, there's so much outrage over that that now, you know, the numbers of, of lions in South Africa are, are dwindling. Yeah. People, they're, they're, you know, they're putting them down because they can't afford to feed them. Mm. That's that's the wrong avenue to take mm. Mm. for conservation. Yeah. You know, and the Orby is fantastic. I, mm. I can't believe, you know, if you can go from just literally a thousand of those little buggers, mm. you know, and now... You know, we were talking, oh gosh, I think it was Grant was saying there was one property where they counted 130 pair. Yeah. Well, you've seen it for yourself. I mean, everywhere you yeah. drive in that area, you see them. I and mean, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, it really is. It's something special to to admire, you know. When yeah. It's all, it's, it's there's, there's no thank you. This is a particular case because I think the rhino situation is always, you'll have like a, uh, somebody that we call them triagers and all that sort of stuff getting involved and throwing their two cents around but with a little animal like that there's not many conservation groups as far as triagers are concerned no. that have got involved it's purely just from hunting those numbers have increased only from hunting and it's it really it's incredible to see and it's it's special you know when you take something like that it's the hunting is all good and all that sort of stuff and the moments are very very special but to give back to conservation as much as that it's it's special well it's, and the, one of the animals that we took yesterday it's the new and upcoming in america it's the giraffe 
Oh, really? They're, they're pumping. San Diego Zoo is pumping ads left and right. The numbers of giraffe. Giraffes will be extinct in the next five yeah. years. No, they won't. I no, mean, you won't. you've seen the numbers. Yeah, they on uh, one ranch. On yeah. one ranch, there there's over a hundred. What is one hundred twenty five? Yeah, something of that nature. Yeah. Okay, on one ranch. That's yeah. that's just one of Greg's ranches. Mm. The I believe he has what two other ranches with giraffes on them. Yeah. We, we know Buffett, Comrade, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Comrade. I didn't yeah. think. I don't know about the Bella Bella. Yeah. You know, but this is one man that owns several yeah and and it's you know exactly what he was when we talked to him yesterday you know hey we, we seen this lovely bull in this in this area hey let's make sure there's another bull with that yeah. herd i don't want to be leaving that herd without a bull so make sure there's two bulls before you take one yeah. out the conservation yeah you know i mean obviously how do you keep breeding them mm -hmm. if you take out the only bull so you know, in that small herd, we were able to locate the second mm -hmm. bull, and we took out the bigger bull, the nicer, yeah. older bull. Yeah. Um, who really had a neck injury? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. was he at full potential? So, and and again, obviously with with the buffalo, I mean, you're looking yeah. at an animal that you know he would have only lasted maybe another two weeks at best. Yeah, that too. Yeah, I mean, he mm -hmm. really you push on his hips and tell that it was. There wasn't much left there. Yeah. He was dwindling badly. So, true conservation. Yeah. You know. So then we got the RB and what did we do? Oh, we went to St. Francis for a we, bit of downtown. We went to St. Francis to, to hang out with uh, the quote-unquote family. Yeah. Which was nice. Uh, I, I understand that I was the first non-family <laughs> person to be at Greg's beachside house. Yeah. Uh, and it was stellar. It, that was that was a good, you know, I think we got there a little late that evening or whatever, but the whole next day and the morning, the day after. But then, Pat, then we headed off to Uniondale and we were after a specific species over the Cape Graceback, um, also part of one of our conservation packages, but uh, um, just a really cool little animal, but luck wasn't on our side there. Yeah. Uh, but we managed to, from there, we got a couple of nice springback. Because that's a little three, three very nice yeah. work out of that. And we've got a zebra. Yep, we got the zebra. Yeah. Uh, two dikers. Mm. Yeah, you know, and, a, and a, a five and seven eighths diker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that won't happen again for a very, very long time. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we pulled through to Willowmore, back into the Eastern Cape, and we went for Clip Springer. Tell us a bit about that. So, Clip Springer, uh, there's actually been a couple animals on this trip that, that I really, typically, I do a little due diligence on my own and, and study the animal a little bit so I know what I'm looking at, what yeah. I'm looking for. Um, this last year has been a little bit rough. Business was rough, you know, and, and so much other stuff on my mind that I didn't do that. But, you know, again, knowing, having a good guide who has resources outside and having those resources be good resources, um, we, we were able to get onto another farm. Mm -hmm. um, and they, they these were free roam. You know, um, sheep, farm. sheep farm. Yeah, yeah. Nice big, white, you know, rugged cliffs. Mm. Just a beautiful driving up through the valley, and and uh, you know, obviously spotting some right away. Uh, a missed shot. You guys went up and yeah. checked to make sure that uh, you know he wasn't he wasn't down or anything of that nature, just to make sure. Which is again due diligence. Um, and we were able to to gather back up around a corner, and it, it was only two minutes in the buggy mm. and we located another one and uh 
we actually were able to get video of that that yeah that hunt there um and we shot a beautiful ram I what, mean, what do you think of the animal it's pretty cool uh, right? you Very know unique. um it's extremely unique and and as i've said to you and a few of the others it's the only animal that i have seen in south africa that is so closely resembling to anything in the united states oh, yeah, yeah, and that's the pronghorn i mean the hair the you know how soft their little bodies mm. are the hair sloughing so quickly you know just a fragile skin um and the texture of the hair yeah is so so very close to the pronghorn antelope um it was it, it kind of set me back a little bit i thought well you know mm. i've killed so much over here that it you know it doesn't really resemble anything yeah. of ours yeah. And and to have that one do that, it it was it was it was kind of it was special, yeah, and and a little bit mind numbing at the same time. It's like how can they be so far apart and so and have that you know yeah. the hollow hair to keep them warm mm. and you know the fragile bodies and everything else. So very very cool animal. Definitely probably I, I think it comes very close second on my list as part of my favorite animals to hunt. Um, and then we. Headed back to Uniondale, we tried for the Christ back a couple of nights, just we I saw absolutely nothing. Eh? And yeah, uh, I think bad information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then uh yeah, we headed back, uh back into the Eastern Cape, actually back to where you shot your Oruby. We joined up with Jeff again and uh did we do the Christ back or we, we did the Grace Buck for, there, yes. Yeah. Grace Buck and then we added on we were we were always going to go back and do the blue diker. Yeah. And because there was no <clears> Grace Buck at Uniondale, we uh we decided to, to let him help us out with that. Yeah. He helped us out with that. And then in in driving down, you know, the, the three-hour drive, mm. um, kind of thought, you know, gosh, this, we really should put a bush buck on that list for Asha. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, we literally, that, that I think, you know, I understand how, how important the, the grace buck is to the Tiny 10 package and what it means to me. But the... It was it was certainly special to be able to go back mm. to the same farm, and within, gosh, even by the bird flies, I don't think it was maybe a quarter mile from where she shot hers from where I shot mine. Oh yeah, you yeah. know, I mean, yeah, yeah. and and to play a, a part of that because you know you guys set off to go look mm. at one, and you know, uh, unfortunately, being that it's it's near a city, the mm. helicopter flew over, spooked it off. But on your guys' way back, we were able to say, hey, no, 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 no. Yeah. There's another one coming. Go back, go back. And she took a stellar animal. Mm. Um, she actually took a flipping awesome shot as well. Just Yeah. So, yeah, no, that was magnificent. And the blue diker, enjoy that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The blue diker, I, it, that is uh extremely challenging hunt. Yeah. Um, where you have to be in. Obviously, we, we did one... We did one afternoon hunt the day we took the Orby, and I, I missed two shots on one. It was set up a little bit differently. We were outside of the uh, canopy, I guess you'd call that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, hmm. and we were waiting for them to run into the field, um, and I missed one. And then that was just, again, because I'd never seen one. I didn't even know what I was shooting at. Um, and by the time somebody said, shoot, it, it I just wasn't yeah. ready. Yeah. Um, again, that's one thing, you know. I should have asked, how do we hunt these? I, I, I told you I hadn't hunted. Yeah. I hadn't shot shotgun in, in six, eight years. And, you know, now you're hunting an animal with a shotgun that you haven't you haven't had a shotgun in your mm. hand for that many years. 
Yeah, probably would have been smart to do a little target practice. But um, it also was kind of spur of the moment type thing because Jeff also helped us out immensely with the permit there. Because, yeah. yeah, so yep. take the opportunity where we had it was, mm -hmm. yeah. But I, I agree. I mean, it's it's one of those things that you you would need to do a bit of homework. Oh, with yeah, yeah, yeah. But of practicing because the, uh, they're faster. The, the, second, the second time we went down, I, I don't know, I think we put in a, what, a total of about maybe three hours of hunting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we did several drives. Uh, there was one that I, I missed a couple shots on that was, boy, they're fast. Mm. They're very, very fast. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> small animal that fast. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And it just, we were fortunate enough that last one, uh, just as, as uh, Rob had said, you know, mm -hmm. hey, look, you know, sometimes they hear the dogs up high. And, and they will push out ahead mm. of them, you know, that they won't be being chased by the dogs. And and that's what happened. One yeah. come through, and, and he was just trying to get out of the way, way ahead of time. And we not only were able to take one, but we were able to take a ram, and we took a beautiful massive, ram. Yeah, yeah a yeah. massive. You know, when you look at this little thing, it you know, it's the size of a rabbit, <laughs> you know, and not a big rabbit. Yeah. And then you see these, these tiny little horns, mm. you know, and then... I didn't appreciate how big he was yeah. until I saw the elation on everybody's face mm. of, you know, oh my gosh, this is such a monster, you mm. know. And, uh, you know, and obviously Rob, a guy that, that hunts them yeah. often. Mm. And he was he was ecstatic about how, how nice of an animal it was. Sometimes, like I said, I'd rather be lucky than good any yeah. day. Um, and I'll take, I'll take that luck because yeah. it was just the right time. I'm, if I would have hit one of the other two, I wouldn't have had the stories, yeah. Um, the camaraderie, and mm -hmm. I think that second day, having the more people involved, um, it was it was a it was a good day, a yeah, really special, special day, yeah. special day. And then, of course, run back, grab grab all our skins and everything from the little lodge that we had had, yeah. and uh, head off back to home. the main lodge, yeah. bring home, you know, come to Hunter's Hill. That's that's my home. Always has been and always will be from now on. I I love all the other properties, but Hunters Hill is where my heart is at. Yeah, yeah. No, especially and I mean especially like like we keep saying this this podcast this it's just the the conditions have been the best. I mean I've been I've been here pretty much since I was a teenager and it's definitely probably the best I've ever seen this place. It's it's absolutely incredible. We've been so fortunate. I mean, since you as well, since you guys have started hunting, I mean the amount of rain we've had and to think about three years ago we were in probably one of the worst recorded droughts in, in the history of the, the area. Yeah, so it's really really cool that we've bounced back so nicely and uh, you shot some special animals my friend. Yeah, it's yeah. been Yeah, from going from like almost zero water to uh, a ton of water. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and getting, uh, you know, we, we've taken a few animals that we've taken before. Yeah. Um, you know, we did, we did the spring buck slam. Yeah. Um, I obviously, I did the, the white, the black, the copper and the common. I did not do the Kalahari. Yeah. Which was not part of the package, but I, I wanted Asha to have that and she did yeah. that. So she took all five. Mm. That's tough. Yeah. You know, and she's, <laughs> she's not an experienced hunter as I am. Um. She's a good hunter. She's mm. she's yeah, yeah. a damn good shot. She does well. Um, but they are a frustrating little mm. animal. I mean, it doesn't take much of a wiggle to, to hit a bad shot. Yeah. 
And, uh, you know, I think on all of them, I think there was only really one that she, that copper, she took that yeah. leg off, you know, yeah, but yeah. persistence and I was proud of her, you know, mm. she stuck with it and mm. got to put it down yeah. and made sure it was down in, in a timely fashion. But, you know, uh, so retaking some of those, retook a, a beautiful Impala. Mm. Um, and your blue 30, wildebeest. 30 and a half inch blue wildebeest. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely you incredible. Know, yeah. 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 Tell me a bit about yesterday. How special was that for you? Yesterday was was a day that, boy, probably not in my lifetime. I probably ever will repeat. Um, you know, the, the, the things in my life, uh, a movie that comes to mind, and it, it kind of puts some of this in my head to begin with, was... Uh, Legends of the Fall. Okay. And when when he kind of goes off his rocker and he ends up in in Africa and, he, you know, he's... The, he's Sorry, Batman, but a technical difficulties. We were talking about the movie. Yeah, so uh, Atari with John Wayne is where he was uh, collecting animals for zoos. Yeah. Um, live capture. And, and the other one was Legends of the Fall. Um, and he was hunting. So yeah. actually both of them played a big role in my dreams to come to Africa and, and do some of these things and see the animals and whatnot. Um, and, you know, like we were talking, you know, yesterday we started off early in the morning, got a beautiful giraffe mm -hmm. and those, those movies that it was a, I've always wanted to put my hands on a giraffe, you know, and, and not in a, not in a, in a zoo, yeah. you know, um, I've seen giraffes in zoos. Um, I've actually had a, a giraffe actually take a carrot from from my mouth and yeah. just on a bet and it, and it did so it was kind of a cool moment but they're still basically a penned animal whereas these are these are pretty wild yeah. i mean yeah we're a high fence but we are mass amount of property yeah and it's not an easy hunt mm -hmm. it, it was it was quite quite the the challenge to get yeah. on them and you know and, and as tough as they are i had no idea they were as tough as they were you know, and, and then leading, as soon as we're done with that, we, you know, we come back in and, and rest a bit. And then we go up in the helicopter, which has always been yeah. my, one of my other lifelong dreams. I've, I've never been in a helicopter. I always wanted to be in a helicopter. Um, early on in my life, I actually wanted to be uh, an onboard helicopter medic. And because I'm a big guy, I didn't meet the cut. So... I, I veered away from being in the medical field and went back to construction. So okay, yeah, and we got a beautiful tsetsebe, fossils antelope in Africa. Yeah, that was stunning. Yep. And then tell us a bit about the special moment towards the end of the day. Uh, the end of the day was we just happened to come back to the lodge and and we're all just standing around and you know and, and this this deal with this buffalo you know he's he's not going to make it. Yeah. So uh, Greg says you know. Pat, I know you're not going to shoot a buffalo because you wanted to bring your double, but he said, you know, do that one and, and we'll, we'll let's, let's at least go get, get this guy down before he yeah. he withers away and dies and nobody gets him. Yeah. So, you know, we borrowed the his rifle, the, I believe a 458. 458, yeah. Um, which still the shoulder's a little, <laughs> little tender today yet. Uh, but, uh, you know, racing out there, because, I mean, it, this all went down at like 5, 530. Yeah. Rainstorm coming, you know, it was a, a golden opportunity, and, and it, it happened so fast, so quick. But we arranged it, you know. Everybody jumped on board, grabbed yeah. guns, got buggies. 
we go out. You and I, we, you know, I, I spotted him when we came through the gate because yeah. he'd pretty much been laying in the same spot that we had told Greg. You know, mm -hmm. like, he's not really moving. He's yeah. just staying in that spot. And uh, so I spotted him, said, Greg, he's there. We cruised up and we stopped and allowed for you and I to, to stalk in mm -hmm. at 100 yards, yeah. 150 yards, something of that nature. And, uh, you know, he had no idea we were there, um, which was kind of nice. Mm -hmm. uh, with the bad knee, I, I was not anticipating a, a charging moment, but, uh, you know, he, he had no idea. Head down, eating a little yeah, bit of grass. Sort of feeding away from us. Eh? Yeah, 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 exactly. Slightly quartered. Mm. And, uh, you know, the first shot, perfect. I mean, right behind the shoulder, right yeah. right in the bread basket. Mm. And, you know, ultimately, you know, he said, hey, look, ram him again. So mm. I threw another shot into him, and I, I believe that one uh, – little bit far back on the lungs but still a good lung yeah. shot and that yeah. third shot a little high on the shoulder which just put him right down and, and he yeah. was he was done mm -hmm. and that again you know it's one of those it, when i first i i'm in awe of the animal yeah um i don't really think they're a pretty animal um i didn't i didn't think mm. until he was down and i put my hands on him yeah and he's absolutely stunning He's a beautiful animal. Mm. You know, we've always seen them from afar in the buggies. They just they just look big and rugged and nasty. Yeah. And you, you just don't take that appreciation yeah. until you're hands-on mm. with them. And, man, they're, they're, that changed my whole perspective. Mm. And I can't – that there, I can't wait to do it again. Yeah. Um, I, there's, a, there's a gentleman. Uh, he's actually quite famous. Um, he does a lot of hunting over here, and the majority of his hunts are always buffalo. Okay. Um, Tony Macris. Okay. Tony Macris is his name, and and I I think the last time one of the last shows that I seen him, he was over seventy five buffaloes. I see. So he just loves the buffalo. Yeah. He will hunt some other stuff, but he he just loves the buffalo. And I I can't remember the name of the the, the weapon that sponsors him uh it's a pretty high priced rifle okay um you know and they custom make him rifles and stuff like that and they yeah. sponsor his shows so <clears throat> you know I, I always wondered what the draw was to the buffalo that would make that man shoot that many yeah and now i know <laughs> you know the heart was pumping yeah you know it because we know even though he's a sick bull well does that mean he's less you know evil tempered or more yeah. evil tempered yeah. you know and it that's a coin a coin toss at that point yeah. you know i mean is, is he gonna run us over or you know and thank god you know putting that first bullet in him right yeah it 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 hurt him yeah, yeah and he, see, yeah. he just kind of stepped forward a few mm -hmm. steps and then two and three and he never moved again mm -hmm. and just dropped you must understand with with buffalo like that it's being kicked out of the herd and really just being a solitary animal, you know, now all of a sudden frustration's deep within them. So, you know, they, they, they're going to want to come for you. And that's why we always said, you know, <clears throat> when you get a, a buffalo, whether he be sick, wounded, or whatever the case may have been there, he, uh, he's definitely a lot more dangerous because he doesn't have anywhere else to go. He's going to come for you. Yeah. And, and that's why I said to you, I said, you know, regardless of how good your first shot may be just do a follow-up shot let's let's especially 
the scenario we're in, you know, on a hillside, you, you don't want to be trying to run and dodging a buffalo, you know, it would have made oh, yeah. for a very difficult time. Very so, rocky downhill, yeah, yeah. which anytime you shoot an animal, anybody yeah. that's a solid hunter knows that a, a wounded animal, you know, nine times out of ten will not come, go up the go hill, up, they'll come down the come hill. Down, yeah. So we were literally in his, mm. in his exit path. So if yeah. he would have chose to come that direction, then things could have changed. Yeah. But it's it's also it's 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 pretty awesome to see up close how much damage they can actually do to you if you get hold. I mean those bosses were so hard and broken down. As old yeah. as what he was, you still you still knew he had a weapon on him that could do some oh. hell of a damage. Oh, yeah, yeah, they they were polished nicely. Yeah. <laughs> he he still took very good very, very good care of his yeah. ornamentation, so to speak. Yeah. But uh you know, I don't, I don't know, did, did anybody measure him? No, we bit? haven't yet, no. So, no. I mean, there's a little, I know there's a couple side bets where he's yeah. he's 38 and some say he's 39. Yeah. But uh, ultimately, you know, the size isn't a big deal for me. Mm. You know, I've, I've had buddies in the States when I shot my my, bed, my desert bighorn. That was, I literally, you know, we go back to the Orby and I say, you know, I won the lottery with the Orby. Yeah. Uh, I feel the same with, with my bighorn sheep. Okay. And that was in 2010. Uh, 2011, I think it was, um, that I drew that tag. And it, it is simply where COVID played into this Orby tag, the economic downfall in 2008 to 2012 played a big, big part in me drawing that tag. So okay. I really felt like I won the lottery twice in my life yeah. now. Um, you know, and, and, but I did have a buddy, he, you know, I, I shot, you know, in, in the state of Arizona, there's, there's different areas that hold bigger rams. Okay. Um, and I happened to get, I, I got down for an area that, um, I, I say they steal the, the sheep from them. Okay. Um, it's a, it's a very good area. So they, the, the game and fish tends to take the animals from there and transplant them in other areas. Okay. Um, that in, in conservation, that is a great thing, but you, you have to be careful with that conservation too, because you can overdo it. And that's what happened in that unit. Mm. So there was five tags in that unit. And now there's one because they've been chasing them so hard that they ended up picking up an, like a, a lung infection or a pneumonia and it, it's crippled the herd there. So they haven't taken anything out of there and they actually, they, they straight went from five tags to one in one year. So Pat, put now on the desert big one, so, so is that the main killers, diseases and stuff like that? So uh, no. Not so much poetry? Or what? No, no, mountain lions. Oh, really? Yeah. Mountain lions are horrible on them. And, and that was one Arizona Game and Fish actually got into some pretty hot water. Um, we have a, a massive mountain lion population in Arizona. Um, Arizona did away with the, the leg hold trap on public lands. You can okay. no longer do the leg hold trap on public lands. You can only trap do it on you private. Mean, trapping them in Tra snares and yes, stuff. Yes, exactly. Okay. So, you know... <clears throat> It, it it actually hurt the other animals, the deer populations, the elk populations, uh, the ran, uh, the 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 sheep populations, because now we're finding and and game and fish and U.S. wildlife and everybody says there's only one uh, mountain lion for every like five square miles or six square miles or something yeah. like that because they're pretty they roam pretty hard. Um. I have a very good buddy of mine, uh, and unfortunately, he's called on me twice, three times this year to go, and I, I just w wasn't able to get away from work to go. 
trying to get all my work done to come here this year. But um, he's got trail cameras, and there's there, there's literally four, five animals in in one still shot on the on the trail cam. So their theory that there's only one animal in every six, you know, maybe that's what it's supposed to be, but it's not what it is now, and and it's it's wreaking havoc on our deer populations and our our desert bighorn. And and one of the things that they did is they dropped off ten bighorn sheep in this area, and they knew there was too many mountain lions in that area. And the desert bighorn sheep is easy prey for a mountain lion. Really, yeah. people would think differently, but it, it's it's very it's very easy prey for them. Okay. And within two weeks, they, they had slaughtered seven of them. And, and the whole of state, all the hunters and everybody said, why did you do this? You know, the whole purpose of you guys moving these animals was to, to promote conservation and grow the herd and put them back where they belonged. And yet, you put them in an area where you, just, you spent all that time and money. And again, this is one of the things, and I, I actually belong to the organization. It's uh, the Arizona Desert Bighorn Sheep Society. And we, as a group, hmm. raise 75% of the funds for the, the capture and transport of those animals. It's to not re- paid, relocate them. Yes, it's not paid out of, that. it's not solely paid out of tax dollar money. It's, it's by private money, by, by donor money. But Pat, but so, so, so if they stop the trapping, did they, did they increase the tags as far as hunting goes? No, they haven't. So, so, so you're taking off a lot less mountain lion compared to what you used to, obviously. Yeah, because the trappers would go yeah. in and they, you know, so now you pretty much run them with dogs and you don't, with a, with a leg, with a leg hold trap, you're also not knowing what you're going to take. Okay. Okay. You, you, you could take control, a young, you yeah. could take an old mm. and it, it allowed for those numbers to be reduced properly. Now what's happening is you're seeing these guys, and um, they're going out, and they're treeing these lions, and they may tree four or five different lions in, over a week, two weeks, to find the one shooter. Because yeah. if I'm going to pay yeah. $3,000, $4,000, $5,000 to go hunt a mountain lion, yeah. I don't want to come back with a small cat. I want a big cat. You know, I mean, why wouldn't, you know, if you're, quote unquote you know trophy hunt a mountain lion mm. you want a trophy yeah so that's what's happening there is all these youngs are being put back into into the wild and they need to be taken out as well the, the whole herd management needs to yeah. be taken care of but we're, 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 so when they trap them what is trapping them good for just their hide their hide okay yeah okay so it was it was keeping those down and and you know the funny thing is is like the same thing happened with the coyotes. Coyote population just skyrocketed. Yeah. And well, you you you're having a similar situation now with the wolves in Yellowstone and oh, all those. I mean, much. yeah, Idaho. Yeah, they Montana. say they say the elk population down there, in some places, is as low as what thirty percent. Eh? It's decreased yeah, yeah. the population. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's crazy. No, it's it's down to thirty percent. Yeah. Oh, they really? Wiped yeah. Seventy percent of the elk in Yellowstone. And Jeez. now they're they're. I don't know why, but the buffalo don't seem to be taking the hit like the elk are i don't know if it's just easier for them to take an elk down versus a buffalo well they're probably you know as wolves as a pack they're hunting packs they're probably hunting in smaller a lot smaller packs being reintroduced you know what i mean well they haven't you know it goes beyond that because now recent studies have shown these are not the same wolves that were there 
Oh. And, and in past studies, and in fact, if you go to Alaska, you go to Canada and places like that, yeah. you'll see a pack. A pack is a, a very small family unit, not more than about 10 animals max. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that's where they max out. Now they're finding in Yellowstone, when they reintroduce them, it's a hybrid dog. And one, whenever you do a hybrid, they get bigger. Yeah. These are big, big, massive dogs. I actually have uh, an uncle that used to trap uh, timber wolves in northern Minnesota. And when he, fortunately, he, was, he stayed alive long enough to see the reintroduction yeah. and see some of the newer animals. And he said, those are not... Those are not the wolves that were here. He said they're massively big. And it's it's decimating the, the deer population in northern Minnesota, as it is everywhere, you know. And those packs are running 20 and 30 strong now. Oh, really? As big as that? Yeah. You know, I, I, can't, I can't say this for 100% certainty because I, I don't know how, how these studies are done or any of that, na that nature. But I have read and I have talked to people that said that the, these hybrid wolves, in the old pack mentality, the female, so the alpha female and the alpha male were the only ones that would mate um, and keep that litter. The other females would be mated and they would, they would bear child. Okay. Bear pups. Cub, yeah, pups. Okay. It, but the male and the female alphas would kill those pups. Okay. And then all those other... Um, subdominant mm. females would actually help to raise those other pups. So it kept the pack, it kept the numbers very small, very small mm. and manageable. Mm. And that's why you didn't see these massive packs. And I'm, and I'm telling you, I've seen pictures of dogs, uh, wolves in northern Minnesota from, from tip of nose to tip of tail. I mean, you're talking eight, nine feet. Yes. And, yes, and they were not that there. big. Yeah. They were not that big. So, you know, it's man's hand on something. Yeah, it's 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 this weird thing out, you know, we we've we sort of try and create these um man made ecosystems, uh circle of life type thing I like to call it. And it's, mm -hmm. some situations it really works well. Um, for instance the ROB conservation wise, you know, our input back into the system is a little bit better, whereas input back into the system there might have done more harm than good actually well and you're 100 right because it's two different it's two different forms of management yeah you know one this is an animal that you guys you, you didn't breed and bring back in yeah you okay. you know you you picked up a breeding pair yeah from another location and transplanted mm. them just like with the sheep yeah we're not we're not crossbreeding them to make a hybrid we're we're simply creating Taking taking that that species untouched, other do, than do, us do you think they did that intentionally? I think it's I, I think it's I think they have good intentions in, in everything, but look at how many times you know our good intentions tend to to falter. You know, with the Orby, uh, you know the the, the Grisbuck, all these different animals that have been in transplant. Mm. Um, sable, mm. you know, you know it was news to me. That sable were northern African animals. Yeah. I, I did not know that they were okay. not a South African animal. Um, but through transplanting, mm. they've done exceptionally well here. Yeah. Now, you guys didn't you didn't take and mess with them genetically mm. to make them better. You just simply transplanted them. Okay. 
you know, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, you know, that that portion when we when we make it simple, I think you know it's it's always that 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 little uh, saying you know kiss you know mm. keep it simple yeah. stupid yeah yeah you know and I think that's exactly you know with the bighorn sheep, it's it's simple until some clown that decides to drop ten animals in a heavily infected area of, of mountain lions mm. and and why wouldn't they allow somebody to go in and clean up the mountain lions a little bit before dropping them off? Yeah. I mean, it's it's like, you know, putting a two-year-old behind the wheel of a vehicle and saying, you know, well, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not. I, yeah. It's a wreck. Yeah. And I think that's with the wolves. I think that's with a lot of things. And, you know, now um, I, I really appreciate, um, and I've, I've come to appreciate very, very much what the the game ranches and things like that in South Africa have done as a conservation effort wholly. Yeah. You know, obviously, you know, the, the end result is to a make money. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, business is business. Let's not, let's not joke. Um, it's a, it's a money thing, mm-hmm. but at the same time, the Pontybuck, man, four years ago, five years ago, when I started hunting here, mm-hmm. the, the, the Pontybuck herd here was, yeah. you know, 40, 50 strong. Mm-hmm. Um, you you pretty much have to keep them from running into the side of the vehicle now. Yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah, because they're they're prolific, and and they've done well. Mm. And why is it still on a CITES Act? Yeah, you know, mountain zebra still on a CITES Act. These animals are not endangered anymore. Yeah. There's so many of them. Are they are they endangered? And that's again, that's one of those things where where man's good intentions mm. have failed us. Mm. Because um, it, it all leads right back to the lion, the rhino, the, and the elephant. Yeah. You know, if if you put these animals on those lists, a guy is not going to come over here and pay the money to do that and not take that trophy home. Mm. You and I have already talked about this. I'm mm. gonna, you know, my I'm hoping to return in September. Um, you know, if things don't go terribly bad with, you know. Politics. President Biden, yeah. um, I'll be back here in September, and we're yeah. we're going to go to Limpopo, and I want a female lion. Yeah. And unfortunately, I know that I'm not taking that trophy home. I'll, the best I'll ever have is I'll be able to touch it. Yeah. I'll take my pictures with it. Yeah. Um, but I know at the same time that the money that I paid for that is going to our breeding program, yeah. which which we have yeah. we have here on this ranch. Yeah. We fed the animals yesterday, yeah. you know, and people don't realize how much money it takes. Good grief! That's a big animal. Yeah, and they eat. Yeah, they eat a lot. Mm-hmm. And if if that if that value is not there, and and just like you and I have talked about, Greg Harvey is one of one of the last few in South Africa that has stayed true to the to the lion mm-hmm. and said, "I'm going to keep them." Yeah. So many others have either either put their animals down or got rid of them. Mm-hmm. And so, what did we just do? We decreased. The, the population of something, mm. you know, and, and ultimately these lions, y- you and I both know, if they were to go and be transplanted somewhere, they would thrive. Yeah, yeah. They would thrive. They they may be getting well, it's fed. it's proven. It's yes. proven that they'll take to the wild, yeah. Um, well, yeah, and, and we're feeding them. Yeah. But they still have a killer instinct in them. Mm. Um, you can see it during the feeding and stuff like that. Put them out there and, and they'll take off. Mm. So why... Why are we doing this? And and the the one thing that galls me the most is the misinformation and the ingenuine, flat out lies of conservation by these groups. 
you know, Sierra Club and, and PETA and, and all, uh, San Diego Zoo with this yeah. giraffe thing. Why would you say that they're endangered? They're not endangered. They're not endangered. You, they make it sound like we need to pump a mass amount of money into this thing. Do you know why San Diego Zoo wants that? They're, they're, they're putting those ads out? Because to put that ad out, it's going to cost them $100,000. They're going to raise a million, two million, three million, four million dollars. Who's for been research? For, yes, for, for putting back yeah. into the, to the yeah. giraffes, right? Yeah. Well, who's been going to the San Diego Zoo during COVID shutdowns? Hmm. California was shut down. Hmm. Everything was shut down. You, you couldn't go to, you know, uh, SeaWorld. You couldn't go to Disneyland. You couldn't go to San Diego Zoo. They finally did, um, I want to say sometime around September, October, Yeah. they did open the San Diego Zoo. But you have months where they were shut down and you couldn't go to them. So what does that mean? It was a loss of money. Mm. They need to recoup their money. Then you get it somewhere. And what's, what's the easiest way? Um, as, as human beings, we're stupid. Yeah. Because if you put it on TV or you put it on social media, it's true. Yeah. And, and one of my favorite sayings is, you know, um, Abe Lincoln always says, don't believe everything you read on Facebook. Well, he died, you know, in the 1800s. Mm. So pretty sure he doesn't know what Facebook is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you put it out and it becomes true. Mm. And if, if, it's, if it's backed by an organization that has clout, yeah. then it's 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's got to yeah. be true. It's got to be true. Well, if There's, they say it so, then must yeah, be they, they, yeah, yeah, they're the experts. Yeah. No, they own a zoo. They own a zoo. Why don't you talk to FASA? Why don't you talk to the, the countries where these animals exist and ask them? Um, help me with the name of the country. Was it Mozambique that, that outlawed the elephant just a few years Kenya. back? Kenya. Kenya. Kenya did. 1976 or 75, they, they stopped hunting elephants. No, uh, there was one recently, like in the last five years. And I, man, I tell you, I think it was Mozambique. Possibly, um, Possibly. There was there was thirty two thousand lions or excuse me, thirty two thousand elephants. Okay. And in in one year they had depleted down to seventeen thousand. From poaching and stuff. From, well, from I I personally don't think it was poaching. I think, you know, you have a farmer, he has a crop. And and elephants oh, okay, people don't yeah. understand how hmm. uh incredibly uh Destructive. destructive these yeah. animals are. I mean, they, they do cause some mm -hmm. havoc. Um, and if this farmer, you know, th these are people who make very little money. You know, this guy goes out and he farms a 10-acre plot. And he needs every cent mm -hmm. of that money to return. Mm -hmm. Now, if on his land, he's got elephants that come through. And you, Dylan Love, say to me, hey, I've got a place where we can go hunt elephant. It's going to cost you... I'll say 20000 okay? That farmer might only make $5,000 in his best year ever in his mm. lifetime, okay? But you take that 20000 and now you can pay him $5,000 mm. for that one elephant. But he has a herd of elephant that comes across his property that's Every 40, year. 50 strong. Mm. So you take two elephants off that, and you pay him 5000 for each elephant. He just made $10,000, mm. okay? That crop is not his main source of income, Whatever's left, he will take, and it's just pure profit. Okay? He doesn't care if that elephant destroys half of it, a third of it, three-quarters of it. doesn't matter. He's not going to want to get rid he of it. He doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't care. 
he's still going to plant it because it attracts that animal. Mm. Just like the white-tailed deer, all, everybody in the United States, oh, we, we're putting in food plots. That's basically what they're doing. They're putting in a food plot, mm. and they're, they're getting their profits off of the animal. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so when they outlawed the hunting of them, you know, like I said, it went to 17, and I think it went down as far as 12. And, and that country, and I, I, man, I, I remember reading the article, and it was in Safari Club International, um, and it was a big deal. Um, and they've, the, the government has since, it only lasted two years, and they've since said, hey, let's open the hunting back up. And, but the damage was done. They went from yeah. 32,000, I think, down to was twelve or 14,000 animals. You know, um, and, and again, part of this, one of the videos that they showed, there was, there was a baby elephant, eh, maybe a few months old, six months old. Um, they had just walked up on it. Um, oh, gosh, what, what is your pH here? World-renowned pH. Ivan Carter. Yes, Ivan Carter. Okay. And, and he was one of the instrumental ones in trying to get that reversed because they went out and they had actually found this baby elephant yeah. and it was taking its last breath. It had no tusks. So you can't say it was poachers. You can't say it was hunters. Who who in their right mind mm. would pay that money to shoot something That's that funny, doesn't yeah. have a trophy to it? You know, even the, even the poachers, if the poachers were after, they'd be after ivory. Yeah. There was no ivory to take. It was mm. a baby. It was the farmer. And you, and you can't blame the farmer. He has to survive. Yeah, you know, Pat, the exact same thing is happening in the Eastern Cape right now. And, uh, it boils down to it, it. It's almost it's this weird combination between our government and your guys' government. It's almost like there's no communication there whatsoever because you've got Spanish in camp with us right now, mm. and they can shoot a mountain zebra, but you guys can't. But the interesting thing about it is, so we've got the exact same thing that's happening in the Eastern Cape right now. There's a few farmers that I know actually very close to where we hunted the Oribe and that is our leopard population is growing tremendously and it really is mm -hmm. but like you said the farm is losing out it's eating his cattle it's eating his goats it's eating his sheep there's a cost effect to it so what's going to start happening is these guys when they start finding out that the leopards are going to start killing more um more animals than what they should and then what they can handle they're going to start poisoning them shoving them down water holes and all that sort of mm -hmm. stuff Instead of actually saying, you know what, it, I could have got, I'm just guesstimating now what a leopard hunt would cost, probably about $25,000 now. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't even looked so, into so it. So 25000 call it the farmer gets 10000 The farmer, if he's got 100 head and, and if the leopard population is taking out, you know, 15 animals a year, it's yeah. 15% of his profit. Exactly. Okay. Because there's too many leopards. Now, if he can if he can manage the population of the leopard, and he only loses eight, but he's gaining that much on selling two leopard hunts, mm -hmm. he doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. No, he he flat out doesn't care anymore. I'm fine. Yeah. I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll I'll plan for losing eight animals a year, seven animals a year, because I know I'm going to get twenty thousand off of these yeah. two leopards, and that far exceeds the value of those two those those well fourteen cattle, yeah. if you will. Um, you know, that's, that's where, uh, these groups, they, they put the money together. They were done very smartly. Um, whoever put these groups together, they did it in a very intelligent way because they approached the government and they said, this is what's happening. We need to act. We need to act.
you know, this needs to be taken care of immediately. And they had the funding, they had the money. And, and you guys had no idea it was happening. Mm. And nobody invited, nobody said, hey, South Africa, why don't you come up? We're going to have this, you know, this meeting in, in Congress. And whether or not this is good or bad to do, you know, there was no pro-con. It was just simply, you know, con against us yeah. as hunters mm. and pro their, pro their agenda, you know. So they, they didn't have all the facts. And if, if they would have been smart... Um, which you can't really say anything with that with the American politics because there is no smart in American politics. <laughs> so if if they would have done that and done their homework and allowed these studies to happen, they would have found that what they did actually hurt more. I mean, how many more how many more game farms in this country would have mountain zebras would have the Bonte buck? Who who is who is the biggest population of hunters that come to South Africa, to all of Africa as, as a whole? I'm, I'm going to bet, you know, I'm not trying to make Americans sound like we're the greatest, but yeah. I would say that probably a good 65, 70% of us, mm. of everybody that comes to these countries is American. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's where the dollar's at. You know, it's, it's in that area. Mm. That's why you don't see Spain putting up a fuss about it because... Spain was actually, you know, fairly smart not to get involved with that whole CITES mm -hmm. and everything else. Um, I'm when things settle down a bit for me, that is actually one of the things that I want to try to do. Um, I've actually become quite friendly with with Paul Gosar. Um, I, I used to go to a lot of his town hall meetings, and I was always staying there, and I would talk to him. Well, what, what is your pet? He, he's a he's a U.S. congressman okay. for the state of Arizona. Okay. He's our district, so. I I would take the time and in, instead of just being at the meeting and not saying anything, you know, I was always trying to be proactive. I wanted to learn what he had. I wanted to input, hey, you know, what can we do to change things on our side as well as your side to make these things happen better and be more efficient for all of the country. And um, and it just happened to turn out that it just little by little by little, I've I've met him more and more and more. Uh, it was Dallas Safari Club last year. Paul Gosar, now he's from Arizona, and he went to the Dallas Safari Club, and he was there for the hunting community mm. as a whole. Mm. So you, you, we do have people, and yeah. even though he's from Arizona, he's fighting for everybody in America for their hunting rights. He's not a hunter. He's pro-Second Amendment. I, I don't know if he shoots or doesn't shoot, but the fact is is that you know, he's in our corner, and I want to try to set it up with him to where we, we can maybe start bringing some of this, you know, and obviously now, you know, losing the Senate and the House and the, the presidency to Democrats, um, it's not something I would, I would probably even try to attempt now, but rather wait, because there's going to be, if, if anybody thinks that this is going to turn out well for the U.S., they're, they're sorely, sorely mistaken. Um, this this is gonna this is gonna set some stuff back. Like we've already talked about Biden. Yeah. Biden's he hasn't even taken oath yet, and he's vowed to take down the NRA. Well, you take down the NRA, and you can kiss the Second Amendment goodbye. Mm. So you know that that's a dangerous thing. You know the biggest thing right now is get through the next two years, and you'll see in the U.S. I mean, it's going to be one hell of a turnaround. 
we're, we're going to see a lot of Democrats uh, going by the wayside. Um, in fact, there's even, uh, I believe there's a congressman that just switched from Democrat to Republican the other day. And now there's a senator. Um, he's not siding with the Democrats. And he's saying, hey, this isn't right. This is not. And I, I, I do believe that he will switch. He'll at least switch to an independent. And he possibly will switch to a Republican, which will be very helpful. Yeah. Um, the whole, you know, hands over the eyes, hands over the ears, hands over the mouth, monkey see, monkey do, you know, acts that, that politicians do. We just need to get it back in control again. And I'm, I'm going to push hard to start getting some of this stuff fixed. You know, somebody has to do it. Yeah, yeah, we're going you know? to sit back, yeah. And I, and I have a connection with a guy, you know. Um, I will not say he's my friend. Um, I, I know him. Um, he always has a smile on his face when he sees me. Um, and he absolutely refuses to have me call him Mr. Gosar or Representative Gosar. He says, You're, you call me Paul. So I know I mean something to him. And yeah. if that's where I need to start and, and start pushing for that once that time comes, I, I aim to see that we can, we can change all of this around mm. in, in a much better way. Um, and allowing some of these things to come back, you yeah. know, because the only way these animal populations are going to survive, um, it's it's going to be through proactive, hard work. We just got to look after it, Pat. Yeah, that's that's what it boils and, down to. The balls in our court. So much. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, and uh, you know, I, I definitely there's still a small part of me that thinks that we're on the right way, right track, you know, and. Uh, We've got interesting times ahead, um, and I just, you know, I hope <clears throat> doesn't damper the season too much because we need it. Um, the industry needs it, the animals need it, and it's, it's special. It's very, yeah. very special. I mean, we've shot some really unique animals, and oh, phenomenal yeah. animals, yeah. as always. Um, what's my favorite saying? Let's just go for a Let's drive. Let's just go for a drive. <laughs> and, and that really is one thing that I did want to touch on. Um, to any of you that have not come on a safari before, mm -hmm. please do not scrimp and do a seven-day hunt. You, you, to do a proper hunt, you can start with a small package. It doesn't matter. You can, you know, obviously the bigger the package, the more time you're going to need. Mm. Um, that allows for two things. One, you're... you're you're not demanding so much of your pH that you're going to settle for good animals yeah. and, and you know, still gold medals and things like that, great representations. But you can settle, you, you can actually find outstanding animals, yeah. the once-in-a-lifetime animals, mm. a five and seven-eighths diker. Mm. Mm. Who, 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 who out there can say they've shot a five and seven eight diker. It just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. You know, that's where we're at with this. And if you're going to come, pick your package. And, and if it's a seven-day package, good grief. Just pay for three more days. Just pay for three more days and have a 10-day hunt. Because not only will you be able to relax on your hunt, you'll... You'll get great animals, I think, and I and maybe maybe I'm promising more than what I'm I should be, but mm. I think you could expect to get far better animals than you would. Not that you're not going to get good animals, and not that you're not going to get great animals, 
But you can you can look for those exceptional yeah. animals. Yeah. Something different. You can pass. You don't mm. have to say, you know, hey, uh, there's a 48-inch kudu. Mm. You know, your guide can tell you. And, and that's the thing. Your guide knows you're here for seven days. He's not, he, 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 you got seven animals and one of them's a kudu. A 48-inch kudu is a great animal. Yeah. But if he knows there's a 50-inch animal He's gonna, and it's yeah. going to take two or three days to get, he doesn't have the time to fulfill all the rest of your package. Mm. Spend your time here. And, and if, if not, if nothing else, what this will allow you to do, there's, there's great things here. Um, your pH does not have to be just a professional hunter. He can be a tour guide. Mm. Um, and, th and that's one of the things that I think everybody should do. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so blessed to have had you as a pH for so many years. You know, Put up with all I, my shit. I, I give you so much shit. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know how you take it. But, um, you know, the, the things we learned together, um, the things that I've learned about your country, your culture, and the same for you. Become friends with your pH. It's a relationship. You know, people, it, yeah. is, it is. It mm. you know, you're part of my family now. Mm. You know that. Mm. Um, you know, you got a little girl. We bring gifts for the little girl. We bring yeah. gifts for your wife. I tend to take care of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the jerky a bit. So, <laughs> but uh, the uh, you know the the thing about it is become become friends with that pH. Don't make this a rushed situation to where you don't have the time to look at the small things mm. while you're here appreciate that. i mean mm. love a mud man go to Addo. yeah go go you know there's there's buffalo park there's go to the coast mm. i mean simply go to port alfred and just sit on the beach yeah you know because you will not see a prettier ocean in this world that i ha that i have seen anyway mm. maybe there are what was, what was that ice cream? Gelato. And gelato, then. see? <laughs> yeah, you can get gelato and go sit in the sand. Yeah. So, you know, those are the little things that I think as hunters we we forget to stop. Mm. And we know that we know that this is a cost and we know we're taking a lot of time off. But you're 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 literally spending two days to get here. It's a lot of traveling. It's thirty hours plus of traveling. You know, even if you're direct flight, mm. you're still over thirty hours of flying or, of travel time, you know. Because no matter what, you have to hit a transfer someplace, whether it's in the U.S. For us, I mean, it was Phoenix, three hours ahead of time. It was Detroit for six hours. It was, uh, you know, Amsterdam for three hours. It's Johannesburg overnight. And then hit the hit the plane to get to East London. And then it's still a, a two-hour two drive to get here. Yeah. So you're going to be traveling. Take some time to take it easy and take this in. You, enjoy it. Enjoy this. Yeah. Enjoy it. Don't mm. make this about a kill. Mm. We all want we all want to have that trophy, and you mm. will. Mm. You pick the right pH, and you're gonna go home with mm. your trophies. I'll guarantee it. Yeah. Especially at Hunter's Hill, because if if you're there's enough pHs here that if if you're struggling, if your pH is struggling to find that one animal, the others are there to help. Mm. Hey, I, I spotted one over here. Mm. You team know, effort, yeah. yeah, it's it's mm -hmm. a team effort to get 100% satisfaction out of our clients because I believe we're 97% return rate. Return, yeah. So, you know that that speaks loudly right there. That's one thing that you always want to ask your pH as well. You know, what is your return rate? Mm. Um. So, you're going to get your animals, but take the time, mm. enjoy the views because they're uh, 
going up in that helicopter yesterday, it, it was it was spiritual. Mm. Different, different experience. It, eh? I, I, I knew this. I knew this farm was big. I knew it was big, and I believe we're, we're 55,000 acres on this uh, one farm. No, it's more than all this. Well, yeah, yeah, because he bought the new yeah, property. Yeah. You're right. Um, so it's it's a hell of a lot more now. Mm. Um, and I knew it was big. But flying over it, <laughs> yeah. man, is it big. You know, and, and just stunning. Yeah. And, and that's one thing, you know, take a day. Yes, it is It is a little bit more expensive. You're, you're spending this money to come here. Mm. Bring a little extra. Don't scrimp. Mm. It's the adventure of your lifetime. Don't let it go away. Go up in the helicopter. It's five. I think it's five fifty an hour. Okay. So if you want to go for half hour, Greg even said yesterday, mm. if you go for half hour, then it's half of it. Mm. He's he's a good man, and and he's he wants to see us have a great time. Yeah. And <laughs> shooting baboons out of a helicopter. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, you know, we had the, the spring buck that was, it was a coal animal. It was yeah. injured or something of that nature uh, and was in a, in a wrong area. And Grant said, hey, look, this this guy here, he's not doing well. Let's let's take him out. And so I, was, I, I even got to take a spring buck out of a, a helicopter. Yeah. You know, going up in a helicopter was one thing, but hunting out of a helicopter yeah. was above and beyond. Yeah. So, you know... Sell a kidney, do what you got to do, but bring the extra money, bring the extra time, and and make the hunt the one thing that you deserve in your lifetime. Mm. And you'll find that once you've done it once, you know Keep that you can back. do this again, and yeah. you don't have to do it. Packages, I mean, you, you can come and do a call package. Mm. I think $1,950, and I think it's seven animals, mm. you know. Tell me, tell me that's not affordable. Mm. And it's no different. You still get picked up in East London. You still have the, the phenomenal food from mm. Max. I mean, I my worst meal was delicious. <laughs> you know? I mean, that says something. Yeah. You know? It, my worst meal is delicious. Mm. So, um, you, you get that food. You get that lodging. You get your pH. All of it's still in that package. But you don't have to spend 10 grand, mm. 20 grand. I have buddies that are I've been posting on Facebook. Oh, man, how did you do that? How can you afford to do this? You don't have to sell your house or put another mortgage on your house to come and do this hunt. It's almost like you just need to just, just get you and, and everything just come. will be okay. Just come one time yeah. and I'll, I'll prove to you yeah. that we you can come multiple times. Mm. You know, um, I, I was watching an episode of, excuse me a second. I was watching an episode of uh, Keith Warren. And he, he said to me, uh, said to all of us, I guess you should say, he said, Africa is one of those most unique places. He said, I don't want to go every year because he says, I don't want to get burned out on it. Yeah. So he said, I, I make sure I go every other year. And I thought, I don't know how you can get burned out on South Africa. You know, I really don't. Yeah. It's such a diverse country. So many things to do. Two hours we can be on the coast enjoying seafood. Gelato. Uh, gelato, yeah. I mean, enjoying, you know, you know, rest, fine restaurants and a, a fun day off. And the next four hours later, you can be in a place like Uniondale, yeah. which is... it Rugged. Very rugged. Very, very rugged. But a very challenging hunt. Mm. 
a very challenging hunt. But, you know, a, a little bit of mountains, but a lot of flats. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to be a great addition to the company. Mm. Um, at Dankshire, will be a, a sanctuary for the spring bucks because there's good spring buck mm. there for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, um, three hours later, you're back in Hunter's Hill. Two and a half, you're two, I should say actually like two. I think you're at uh, Rocklands. Mm. You know, two and a half, I think you're at Comrie. You know, um, I have yet to hit the Limpopo, which we'll do. Because you, you pretty much finished your tiny 10 now for the Eastern Cape. We yeah. have to go up. We have to go someplace. Yeah. So more adventure in lies. Yeah. Well, Petman, I think we're running out of time because we still need to go for our drive today. Yeah. But um, for myself, I want to say thank you for everything you've done for me. It's been an incredible journey. It's not much, but you do, you have finally become part of the Buffalo Club. Yeah. Oh, right on. It's just a nice thank little you, man. token to say congratulations. Take it back with you. Hell yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, well done. I'll just need a... I'll, I might need a new PH Journal hat because mine is a little sweaty. No, we've got it's pretty it. pretty hot here. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the allergies, yeah, that was kind of the yeah. other thing. Coming from winter to summer and the allergies got me. Yeah. That's why I'm a little hoarse. But uh, I appreciate everything you do for me, Dylan. No. I really do. I, Likewise, so I know you're friend. my family. Um, yeah. And I, I'll always be there. And I'll always be here. Good good fantastic times ahead i know yes sir i'm really looking forward to it. thank you so much for doing this i really appreciate it and uh, let's go for a drive let's do it <laughs>